Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Learn how to approach the subject with your clients and work successfully with other exit planners. Receive access to video overviews, comprehensive articles, case studies, and much more. Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership. With me today is Jay Edwards from New Hampshire with offices also in Massachusetts. Jay is an experienced exit planner, does a lot of exit planning, and has a lot of good ideas for all of us. Welcome, Jay. Thanks. Glad to be here. So tell me about your practice right now. What are you doing? Your exit planning practice. Yeah. Um, we work primarily with business owners in our practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a specialty with multi-generational family businesses. Okay. Because I, I have a, the ability to do some facilitation and that kind of work. So a, what, what's your background in all of that? Um, uh, well, it's from out here. I've done a lot of work with yeah. um, Purposeful Planning Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a member of Family Firm Institute for a number of years. Okay. So I've got... I'm certified family wealth advisor, family business wow. advisor through FFI. So I've had a now. Is a that lot just that a training. passion you have, or did you fall into that? Or uh, I think it's a, a passion. I I I think I I found early on in my career that getting to the human side was really important with mm-hmm. business owners. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of work with business owners around uh, family business systems. So we break apart. The business, the ownership, and the family systems, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you, you know, what I say to clients is, you know, you find yourself in this constant swirl where all those hats that you wear, you know, they get blurred, and so we try to break the systems apart so that we can really start to examine what's the business look like, mm-hmm. what's the family dynamics look like, and what's the ownership system look like, and and. You can start to see or create more clarity mm-hmm. when you start to pull those systems apart. So you meet you individually. How, how do you fit, or how does exit planning fit into that family representation process? Well, there's, you know, it's, it's usually the biggest asset. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it's the only asset outside of yeah. a, a house yeah. or what have you. So, you know, the big question is, um, to what extent is the family unit able to come into the business um, mm-hmm. and succeed inside the business. So does it make sense now to transfer ownership to them? Mm-hmm. Um, if not, um, is there insiders that are strong mm-hmm. that um, can take over the business? And again, how does the family deal with that? Yeah. And then the third, obviously, is what's, what's an outsider look like? Mm-hmm. Is, this, you know, is this a case where nobody wants to take over the business, so let's cash out and, mm-hmm. and then do something else with wealth. Right, right. You know, or if the family can't agree, maybe a third-party sale is the, right the best alternative. You divide the money rather than somebody gets the business and somebody doesn't get the business. Yep, yep, yep. I've had a situation, too, with a 
the father was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm done. And when I'm done, I don't want anyone to have it. I don't want them to have to go through what I went to go through. Wow. And, um, and that was an interesting conversation. Yeah. You know, so. So they end up selling the business? No, they're still in that process, yeah. you know, but uh, his intention is to sell it to a third party at some point, probably in the next seven to 10 years. Wow. That's, yeah. an, that's unusual. It is, you know, but the, you know, he's had a lot of conversations with the kids and they like working in the business, but they don't want to own it. So, and you know, I don't know. They don't want to work as hard as dad type yeah. of a thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. starting to see that too. Where the, yeah. You know, there are kids that are in the business, but you know, they don't have that entrepreneurial spirit that yeah. dad had when he started the business. And quite frankly, they want to have a, a life of retirement Yeah. and you know, by cashing out, they can take the cash and do what they want in retirement. How, how old are the kids? Oh, 30s? Yeah, late 30s. Yeah. You know, for a long time, people have been making statements, you know, like the Gen X or the Gen Y. They don't work as hard. Their interests are different. And they're trying to make this generational distinction. And I've always kind of fought against that. But I'm actually seeing that is pretty accurate a lot of the time. I'm just, just totally aside from exit planning, but I was just meeting with... Uh, uh, in-law of an next-door neighbor of mine. She just moved into Colorado. She bought a professional practice, uh, and she's like 33 or 34 years old. So I said, well, how are you going to build a practice and so on, even though you bought it? She said, well, I only want to work four hours a day, four days a week. Mm -hmm. That's her total life's ambition in owning this professional practice, and so she can probably make that work. Right. I'm thinking... Boy, that's a lot different than other generations. Well, you know, yeah. I, I heard, um, um, I don't know, I heard a gentleman speak at a New Hampshire Charitable um, Foundation event. Yeah. And he spoke about the difference of each generation yeah. and what they bring to the table. And it's, you know, it's no different than what we're seeing with these next generations. And, they're young, you know, and they'll, they'll create something, yeah. you know, they'll create something. And, but there's a, each generation takes from their parents or from their grandparents, create their own value systems, yeah. their own beliefs. But then what happens we see is that the next generations somehow create off of that. But oftentimes there's a flow from prior generations. Another generation will pick up the baby boomer values at some values, point in time, yeah. Yeah. you know because you know mom and dad were never around so i'm going to be around and then god mom and dad were always there but i want some freedom it's yeah so they, they well, create i think own. you know i think it's something as exit planners we need to be mindful of yep you know especially in family business planning because and you know if you're transferring transferring to a third party probably doesn't make much of a right. difference but family planning i think it's i think that's something i haven't paid enough attention to it's good it's good that you are aware of that so why exit planning why do you, do you why did you jump into this whole this messy messy transition <laughs> process because it's family well you know I just love business owners in general I came into the business in uh, in the life insurance business and my dad was a career life insurance agent mm -hmm. and the first thing they tell you when you become a young agent is go see all your friends all your relatives and, and practice on them, right? Yeah. Sell them. Well, my dad had sold all my friends' parents, <laughs> so therefore all my friends had insurance through my dad. He'd sold all my relatives, so I couldn't go to them. And 
I had an aspiration to go into the hospitality industry, but then I realized that I, I wanted my nights, weekends, and holidays off. And so I sat down one day, I was like, well, if I want night, week, nights, weekends, and holidays off, then I can't be seeing families because mm -hmm. you're going to see them at night. Mm -hmm. So my only market's business owners. So I wow. started in the business. What a way and, to get back into the best marketplace in the world. Yeah. So I started <laughs> in the business in 88 and going right out and seeing business owners. And you know, it was a great experience and I got beat up along the way, but I learned a lot about business owners. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing is it's also taught me to be a better business owner. Mm -hmm. You know, we own a firm, there's eight of us in the firm, you know, I've got all the roles of a CEO. So when I'm working with a business owner, I, I'm sitting on the same side of the table. Yeah, you as can them. relate. You Absolutely. can. Totally. And so it's just a, it's a comfortable place for me to be. It's a comfortable conversation for me to have with business owners. Um, I can speak their language. And it's just, you know, and I don't have a client that I don't love and enjoy. Mm, so it's that's great. You know, so, and there's so much need. And that's the other thing. You know, our, our firm is such full service. And, you know, you sit down with a business owner, it's not kind of a one and done product sale like an right, insurance right. deal, right? You can, you can come back meeting after meeting after meeting and add value. So when, a couple of questions, probably a lot of questions. Owners are sometimes really difficult in terms of getting their attention of the need to plan mm -hmm. well before they plan on leaving. Yep. How, do you, how do you begin that conversation? How do you find the owner? What do you say to get them, once you do get their attention, to move into a relation, a, 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 an engagement? It really depends on the owner I'm with. You know, mm -hmm. they all have a different agenda. So, you know, we I try to get in and work with business owners on other areas other than exit planning. You know, so we can do. You know, we've got a 401k shop. We've got a group benefit shop. Um, we do wealth management. We do estate planning. That's so, yeah. yeah. So I can get in the door on a lot of different aspects, and and from there you can start the conversation. So what you know. Yeah. You started this business, you got into this business, at some point you got to get out of the business. When is that, when's that going to happen? When would you like to get out? And from there you can, you know, you can start to build into that conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I try not to manufacture a need. Mm -hmm. You know, I really try to work on, ask the good questions that fit out what's really most important to them at that particular time, so, what matters so most. What do those questions look like? Um, when you're first meeting with them, let's say the first 15 minutes of talking to a prospective client or maybe an actual client you've done a 401k with. Um, yeah, I just go with the flow. I'm not a, I, I don't have an elevator pitch, Yeah, you know, because every client's different. Right. You just, I don't go in with any perceived message. Mm -hmm. um, I first try to just create some kind of relatability, Yeah, some relatedness and, and from there, I, I just feel the questions, right. I think is, you know, so it could be something as, well, I'll give you an example. So we went in on a, uh, into a, a new client on a 401k case. One of my guys in my office mm -hmm. brought us in. And as we were going through it and talking through kind of the 401k stuff, I just simply said, so the two of you guys now are new partners. And they're like, yeah, so we're going to be the new owners. Uh, and she's, she commented that she had, they're in the process of buying her dad out. Uh -huh. I said, oh, great. I said, so how long have you been in that process? And she's, well, you know, it's taken us a long time, but we're just now kind of finishing stuff up. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, all right, so the two of you now are going to become partners. And she said, yeah. I said, well, have you done your buy-sell agreement? Well, no, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. I said, okay, so you haven't done any funding or anything in that area yet. Yeah. And she said, no. I said, well, let me ask you a question. What would happen if one of you, the two of you were clipped in a car accident tomorrow? Like, all of a sudden I started yeah. asking some disturbing questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our meeting, which was slated to be about 45 minutes, ended up being almost two hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's kind of the, how I kind of just work my way into those types of conversations to see where they're going with things. Mm -hmm. So, long story, we're coming back to sit down and talk about you know, um, doing some advisory for dad and for them and their new partnership mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so it's worked out great. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's, that's why I try not to come in with any kind of set agenda. Trying to find out what the owner wants to do, basically. Yeah. Yeah. There was a good question today that, um, that they were asking one of the outtakes and that was, um, you know, um, you know, what, what do you find that's kind of the most disturbing for you right now? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I thought that's a, a, a good question, yeah. you know, the, the, those questions of, you know, what are you up to in life right mm -hmm. now? What are you trying to create? Mm -hmm. um, I talk a lot in that kind of language with clients. Right. right. You know, and, and there's an assessment. A lot, of, a lot of our guys use that ask those types of questions and... Some will be concerning to the owners, others won't be, but they'll have an idea then what is concerning to the owners. So that's what we've honed in on, trying to understand mm -hmm. what that is and if we can help. So, Yeah, the, the big line I think I use the most is, you know, you're here today and you've created what you've created. Mm -hmm. And then you've got goals or aspirations for something over here. Mm -hmm. And to the extent that there's a gap between where you are now and where you want to be, our job is to come in and help you bridge those gaps, solve yeah. those problems, yeah. really is. And that's really the, I think, the biggest explanation I typically come up well, with. That's the, that is the essence of the first part of the planning process. Yep. Yeah. You know, is there a gap, whether it's money, whether it's talent, whether it's not understanding what my goals are, we'll figure that out, and that's where we focus a lot of our attention. Yep. So in your case, with the, the two incoming partners, it would be, well, one of the gaps is business continuity. Continuity yep. now, if something happens to one of them, yep, because that'd be a huge issue uh, for 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 them. Yeah, you know so, the tool you were talking about. I use a lot the, the assessment. Tool. Yeah, and um, so we've got two ways. We've got the journal, mm -hmm. you know, or the workbook, mm -hmm. and then we've got the little trifold. Yeah, you know, the little trifold. And typically, what I'll do is um, I'll, I'll give it to prospect and mm -hmm. say hey here's a great way for us to start just fill out these simple questions and what we'll do is we'll create this report for you do you do that at the first meeting yeah yeah okay and um then what that does is it gives us an idea of what things are on your mind mm -hmm. that maybe you're not focused on because you're focused on something else mm -hmm. but the questions prompt you to go oh yeah yeah i really need to be doing that yeah. and it can kind of give us now a starting point to have a discussion as to how we solve some of these right. things. Yeah, so you don't, you're not a typical advisor who goes in, you've got something to tell the owner, mm -hmm. that's what you're going to tell them. You have no idea of whether that's important to them or not. No. Instead of saying, okay, what's concerning to you? You know, maybe, and once you find out, maybe you can help. You, you just see how we can address that issue. Yep. 
Yeah, it, it's it, this is like it should be client representation 101. But it's not how we as advisors have operated for a long time, especially an old, an old lawyer like me. We've always thought, well, we have to come in and tell the owner what to do because right. we're the lawyer. We've gone to law school, and that's totally the wrong approach. Yep. So let me switch gears. Um, tell me how you work with other advisors, how you collaborate with them, mm-hmm. whether it's the owner's advisors. I mean, typically they're CPA, maybe an attorney. Yeah. Uh, in how you work with your own team of advisors, if you've even created other advisors you bring into situations. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I love teams. I'm a, I'm a, I am a team player, which is nice. Um, I'd like to be a little bit more the quarterback, typically, uh, but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we get brought into cases quite a bit where, you know, I'm setting back and I've got one particular solution maybe that they're coming out mm-hmm. of but typically um you know we'll try to work with their current advisors mm-hmm. as much as possible um when we get into scenarios where you know they're not the right fit for a specialty that mm-hmm. we need to put in or something like that uh, we typically have other advisors that we work closely with mm-hmm. um how do you find those other advisors just over the years of working you know yeah. i've got you know there's there's a handful of advisors that I trust that um, are efficient, mm-hmm. put out a quality experience, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for instance, there's a particular estate planning attorney that I've worked with for almost 30 years. Um, you know, they'll get an estate done, estate plan done in 30 to 45 days. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've worked with other attorneys that two years and it yeah. still wasn't done. Well, so you're, but but you're also in a small. Uh, population area the density right. of population in new hampshire is not exactly the same as new york city well correct correct <laughs> so, and so you can sometimes pull that in yeah. you know you know i definitely have my favorites there's yeah. no doubt but um you know we've got another office in pepperell mass and so we've been doing a lot more work down in that northern massachusetts area mm-hmm. and so i've been forced to have to you know, work with other advisors down there and start to find accountants mm-hmm. and attorneys that work down there because there are clients down there. Um, but it's, you know, it's pretty easy, you know, and, but I'd like to be able to kind of control the flow because I find that, you know, we tend to tend to have a tendency to come in as the architects, mm-hmm. right? And so help them to build out the plan mm-hmm. and then bring in the other advisors to, you know, just like bringing in a plumber or a roofer, mm-hmm. you know, to build a house. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, I mean, that's a good metaphor for what exit planners do. Yep. You know, the owner tells us what they want the house to look like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> how many bedrooms they want, and you work with them to, for other design features, but the house is being built more by the lawyers, more by the other professions than whatever particular profession the exit planner is because we're only doing part of the overall plan with our core practice, whatever that is. Yep. It's just, it's, so it's just that I think that's a great metaphor, which is we're the architects, you know, and, and maybe we're going to do some other part of the house, but it, it's got to be built by the, the best craftsmen around. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so we can't write documents and we don't do tax work and we can't do appraisals and valuations and stuff like that. So you got to have a full team. Yeah. You know. How long, you know, when you start an exit plan, with the client, how long does it usually take before the plan that's 
finish, not maybe the implementation, but just from the time you get the ideas, start you get the information, you do the plan, you work on the plan with the other advisors and the owners. Is there a time frame that you try to, to have all that fall in? Depends on, you know, what their, their time frame is to right. get out. You know, we've got, well, I've got four plans I'm working on right now, mm -hmm. but there's no urgency. There's no, I got to get out by the end of the year kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so, you know, we're taking them through the process mm -hmm. um, um, a li little bit quicker than their time frame, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, you know, um, my job is to keep them motivated moving forward mm -hmm. and to keep the advisory team moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't say that there's any like, hey, we're done in nine months or mm -hmm. anything else like that. Um, I haven't had a case yet which was, um, you know, like a fire sale. Like, hey, I want to be out by next June. Right. 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 So I, I, fortunately, I haven't had that kind of a scenario where I've had to have a time frame. Um, but... But typically, you know, we're, you know, we use the, uh, a lot of times the Excel spreadsheet that mm -hmm. you guys created. Mm -hmm. I use that a lot. Um, our system allows me to actually take all those cash flows and everything else and put them into our system so I can actually show them cash flows, the tax calcs and everything yeah. else. So I'm finding that process to take them through that usually is, is you know, month and a half to two yeah. months. Um, and then from there for them to be making some decision making. Um, especially where it's insider tra transactions most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's around. So it's not like I got a third party coming in, they want to cash out and get out. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I'm working with a client right now who's got four offers on the table and um, to sell out. And that process is probably taking... Well, we've been into the process only a month, and she'll be out with by the end of the year. Yeah, you know, so it's been. That's it's probably quick. not a lot of planning work. It's just a more of a tax planning effort, maybe. And yeah, there's some tax planning, some definite cash flow planning. Yeah. Um, in her case, she's going to go from really making a lot a year down to a salary because she'll stay on, mm -hmm. a, you know, for a couple of years. Uh, with a with a good salary, but not like she's making now. So there's some cash flow planning mm -hmm. there for her, and then also some investment decisions. You know, she's going to yeah. walk away with, you know, you know, high six figure number. And so, how do I plan this for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And creating an education fund for her daughter, and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's a scenario where it's and in the and it's funny because being an outsider. She's got four parties actually almost bidding for her practice, yeah. right? And so there's no need to bring in a, like a Mike Coyle to do evaluation yeah. because they're, they're doing their own valuation and they're going back against each other saying, well, we'll pay this for it or this. And, and it's just driving the price up. You know, it's like, a, it's like buying a house, mm -hmm. you know, at the, at the height of the market. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's willing to bid up on the house because they want the house and no one's really looking at... Well, really, what's the value? Yeah. Right. So this has been a, it's an interesting case to yeah, kind of. That's an unusual case too, if it's a professional practice, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of fun to kind of go through that because there's, you know, there's no heavy lifting. I mean, it's just <laughs> like it's like selling a stock, you know, and all of a sudden now you got to reinvest it. Yeah. That's great. 
Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit exitplanning.com.